Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging your success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. Hello, and welcome to Mastering Fulfillment. I'm Joshua Wenner, and I'm here with Scott Berry. And today's topic is really diving deep into decision-making. And in order to have ultimate fulfillment, really taking this, this conversation around deciding and making the decision of yes or no and moving away from the land of maybe. When we look at so many areas of life, so many people sit in this land of maybe. Um, they're not fully committed to what they want. They're saying yes to everybody and more of a people-pleaser. Um, and then you look at some other areas where, you know, people are saying um, they just don't know where to say no. Um, on the flip side, sometimes people are saying no to so much in life that restricts them and really pushes them, kind of isolates them because they're not saying yes to things that are coming towards them. So today we're going to really dive deep into just taking a look at this in different areas of life and, you know, how saying yes or how saying no can make you a better leader um, and that can ultimately bring you more fulfillment. Absolutely. And we're also going to kind of cross-breed this with questions and decisions that we're not only making internally, but also in, like you said, our business life and also in our relationships as well. And kind of we're going to be sharing a little bit of some of the experiences that we have in our personal life about maybe some some items that we should be saying a little bit more yes to and then some items in which we need to be a little bit more discerning of what we're actually saying no to because we have a finite amount of time and we are, I think we mentioned this in our last podcast, how our kind of default go-to answer in how everyone's doing these days is busy. Everyone seems to be really busy. So getting really clear and deciding what it is that we're looking to bring into our life. And a lot of times we have almost an overabundance, you know, with today's technology and Facebook and social media. If we even went to our event page and clicked yes to every available option or even every available coffee date that we had available to us, we wouldn't get anything done. So how do we be really discerning on getting crystal clear on what is the most fulfilling aspects of our lives? You know, what are the conversations? What are the people? What are the places in which we want to fill up our time, fill up our space? And how do we be more discerning in our decision making when it comes to those? Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting. I, I can relate to this. Uh, I was just at a, a personal development course and they talked about leaders and a good leader will say yes or no um, and fully make a decision and step into it. And I know um, recently I was working for a, a, a company as a consultant and it was very lucrative. I was traveling 42 weeks a year. I was all over the country and it was ultimately fulfilling for about a year and a half, almost two years. And then I reached a point where something inside of me started to to bring up this question. Uh, it wasn't, it was kind of asking, okay, is this still the target? Is this still the goal? And when I started to sit with that and go deeper into that, I realized it wasn't fulfilling my ultimate purpose anymore. And I realized I needed to change directions. However, in the midst of that, it was very lucrative. And, you know, I had to make some tough decisions and there was going to be some people that were angry and mad at me. So I know I sat with it for a little bit. Um, and really kind of started to weigh on my shoulders of as I sat in that land of maybe I was still in it, but I, ha I wasn't a full yes anymore. 
I was starting to feel like no, but I hadn't left. So I feel like sometimes in that space, the signs that to know that you're there, I noticed that I would go in and I just wasn't fulfilled. I would go in and I almost didn't have the energy to do what I was doing before with like excitement and passion and aliveness. And I kept changing my perspective and looking at it differently. And ultimately I realized this isn't serving me. And instead of building a plan, like let me do it in six months, I realized ultimately for for me, it was about saying no and making that decision and changing course. Um, that, that was kind of the first step to doing it. And I felt so much lighter when I did, even though I didn't fully have a plan, um, which isn't always, uh, the best, best option for everybody. Um, but for me that, that was a really good decision. And then I found, okay, coming back, then I started saying yes to everything because now I'm recreating what I'm building. And in so I said yes to so many things that all of a sudden I found myself so busy that all of a sudden I didn't have the same level of focus and self-personal time. Um, and so again, saying yes to too much, now I'm having to say no again. So I think, I think for me, at least in the course of business, um, and choosing the right path or purpose for yourself, it comes in really handy of observing what's showing up in your life and then asking some deeper questions to say, okay, is it that, um, is it, is it that this isn't serving me anymore or that I I have to find a, a greater reason to stay committed to this and to say yes. Quick question for you, Josh. When you kind of got to that point where you started asking yourself that kind of question of, hey, is this is this working for me? Is this fulfilling for me? How did that come up for you? Was it just something where you just felt like, wow, I, I, I feel like the, the kind of path that I'm on or the environment that's around me isn't as serving anymore or was there a trigger point or what was that that catalyst yeah yeah for me it was building something that's 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 mine i i've had a a a habit in the in the past of building other people's companies and massively growing them and then it's like i leave and i have i have to start over and looking at that i found myself in the same place of going wow okay i'm building somebody else's company and i had the expectation that i'd be a partner in that company and having that tough conversation, even though I'd brought it up a lot of times to really say, okay, is this going to happen or not? And I had to really kind of lay it on the line. I'd, I'd brought it up before, but I hadn't been as clear. Um, and it was very lucrative. So I had to just be really crystal clear, like, okay, is this going to happen? If so, when's, when's the date? And if you can't give me a specific date, then I need to make a, a different decision. And mm-hmm. so when I got clarity that, okay, this is really important to me to do this, um, more important to me than the money or, you know, the lifestyle or whatever I was experiencing, um, that gave me that clarity. And then once I was able to do that and realized it wasn't, then I had to make that decision. Okay. Mm -hmm. Am I going to follow that voice inside of me? Which was hard. I'd say it's definitely challenging. It was, it was lucrative. It, it, you know, I was traveling a lot, but everything was taken care of and I was making, um, good money. Um, and it was a fun culture and everybody was cool. Like I enjoyed everything around the environment. It just was it ultimately wasn't serving my deeper purpose. And I started to hear that kind of come up inside of me um, and realize it wasn't my ultimate fulfillment. And, um, you know, so I think sometimes that's Mm -hmm. the hard decision is where we're looking at something and it's great. It seems great. I think that's even sometimes more challenging because you're maybe making good money or Mm -hmm. you're doing. I think a lot of people get into careers where they're making good money and everything around them says, oh, I should be okay with this. Like, why aren't I happy here? Um, and then there's something deeper, a voice and speaking to you inside saying, no, there's, there's another level of fulfillment and you have to follow this. And sometimes it's, it's leading us off course. And sometimes it's really what we need to follow. So 
Um, that was my experience. I think I think in in doing it, um, getting uncomfortable um, and sitting with that uncomfortability is part of the process. And it's it's interesting actually as I'm as I'm talking through you with this, I remember what it, what it came down to. Actually, there was a trigger point. I was it was my birthday. I was sitting in a hotel in Florida, and I had called back and the girlfriend that I had at the time, which unbeknownst to me had set up a surprise birthday party for me. I was supposed to fly back that weekend and the company wanted me to stay another two weeks. And so I extended my time in Florida to work there another two weeks. And, um, I, I was sitting there in a hotel on my birthday and I was calling some different friends and looking around going like, I'm in my, I'm in a real hotel room. I'm by myself. Uh, I'm not with any of my closest friends or the girl that I was dating at the time. Uh, I'm sitting here with this company and something just hit me. I was like, this isn't, I'm not choosing to do, this isn't what I want. Um, and I think that was the trigger point that was like, no, this is changing now. And literally that's when I made the decision and things. So it was a trigger point. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think there's a moment when something changes and I kind of had enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when it was like, okay, now, now I'm making a change. Yeah. You know, what I've seen, especially in my practice is what you find a lot of times is, you talked about earlier where look, the job was good, you're actually making decent money, and that actually makes it harder to make a decision, right? So a lot of times we're not really sure what it is about the path that we're on that isn't quite fulfilling. It's not necessarily bad, right? It's not necessarily triggering you to a point where you're just so frustrated. And I use this example of the 60 to 70 percentile where you're in your job or you're in your relationship and it's good and you're either making decent money or the relationship you're in you're not fighting all the time but there's a missing component there's a missing component of dynamism there's a missing component of extreme passion to where you're waking up on Monday morning or going to bed on Sunday night and you're excited about going to work or you're excited about coming home to your family life. And a lot of times it's a lot easier for us to make decisions when, you know, say that your satisfaction rate at your job all of a sudden dropped a little bit. They took a, a week, a week's worth of vacation away from you. You didn't get your your annual raise, and now your satisfaction rate's at like 30% or 40%. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to jump off that ship and say, you know what, this isn't the career that I'm wanting, and I'm willing to step out of where I'm at to look for something else, even though it is a little bit scary. But when you have a satisfaction rate of 20, 30, 40%, it's a lot easier. The challenge is, and this is what I've seen a lot in my practice, is I have a lot of clients where they have decent jobs. They're making pretty decent money and they've been in kind of an industry that they've been in for a while, but it hasn't been quite as fulfilling for them. And so what happens is you know, they get another $10,000, $15,000 a year raise, they get another weeks of vacation, then all of a sudden that, you know, 50, 60% percentile of satisfaction rate kind of kicks back up to 70 and you're like, okay, it's, it's good, but it's not enough to kind of like pull you out, even though you know that there might be something a little bit more. And I know for a lot of people that trigger point for them is a little bit harder because there's not a defining moment. If that makes sense, there's not a there's not a specific point in which they can say, "Wow, okay, now 
I want to do something different. Now I want to look into other alternatives because for a lot of people, it's there's a resignation. There's a feeling that they want to shift something and they want to do something different. They want to either move into a new friend group or try another job or shift their relationship in a way. And it doesn't mean leaving their relationship, but shifting it in a more fulfilling way where there's more dynamism, there's more passion, there's more just kind of juice in the relationship, but they don't know even where to look for it, right? So, you know, using your example, you could have been to a point where it's like, yeah, I'm making really good money and I'm growing this other business, but there's something ah, just not quite there And I'm wondering, part of your journey was, hey, I realized that I have been building businesses successfully for all these other people, but it wasn't my empire. Now, did you kind of have that realization kind of at the time? Because I know a lot of people, they'll go through this process and say, wow, I know that I'm not fulfilled, and they don't know what that is. And sometimes they have to sit with that question for a little bit before it starts to become clear. So I don't know if that was the same process for you or if you kind of understood that while you're, you know, kind of while you were still working. Yeah, it does. And uh, it's interesting. From the day I walked in, I was very clear saying, hey, I am a partner. I'm not a I'm not an employee. So I'm going to look at this as a partner and, and I expect to be a partner. Um, and I remember at the one year mark, I'd, I'd grown, grown them quite a bit. I had a conversation and said, Hey, again, I want to remind you, this is why I'm here. What's the deal. And I feel like it was a little bit of, uh, you know, they were kind of laying out the foundation of saying, we have to prove yourself first. And then of course this is going to, so I looked at it like, okay, I have to make a decision and I have to be willing to walk now or give this a certain number of time before I am willing to walk. And so for me, my internal was like, I'm going to give it two years. I'm going to give it everything I got for two years, um, and I'm going to be smart and save, which I hadn't done in the past. Um, I tend to, to kind of multiple. I'd build something else while I was growing something, and not save. I'd invest all the money, and I'd end up kind of starting over. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to be smart with the money this time. I'm going to follow a plan. Uh, I'm going to invest and save, and I'm going to give it everything I got, focused on just this for two years. And if at two years, uh, I'm not a partner, and I've added massive, massive value then I'll go split and do my own, my own thing. And so that, you know, at a year mark, I had the same kind of feelings come up and then I made a decision to stay for another year. And I think it, it boils into, you know, I want to ask you a question about this because this is in business for me. Um, I know it's a, it's, it's the same conversation when it comes to relationship, you know, sometimes it's not about leaving because something's not working. Um, I know so many times people are married and they're in a committed relationship and they're feeling something's missing. And so, and we live in a society where there's more divorce, uh, you know, there's so much divorce because people just decide, Hey, I'm done. And they walk away Right. versus raising the standards. And if something's not working, how do they take ownership and and play more fully and say yes. Um, so I'm curious, you know, kind of on a relationship perspective, you know, in relationships where feel sometimes feel things can, uh, I don't know if you have any clients that are maybe in a committed relationship or married and they start to feel like something's off and what are tools that they can step more powerfully into a decision um, to show up more powerfully in the relationship, either in, I know you're and you're married and, and with your woman or um, with any of your clients. What's your experience around that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I deal with quite a few relationships, not necessarily marriage, I do have a lot of couples that are married and they're looking to really improve their relationship, but also 
individuals, singles that are actually looking to move into a relationship. And so whenever I do couples counseling and I have couples that come up to me, one of the first things that we get very clear on is my job is to work with each of you in a dynamic to where we get crystal clear on what it is now in our lives that is going to make us fulfilled in the relationship. So what it is on her side, what it is on his side, that is ultimately going to make them feel the utmost fulfilled in their relationship. And my goal always is to make sure that they align with that. Now, my secondary goal is to have that happen with them. But that's not my primary goal because a lot of times what happens is we go through this process and through that process, we start to realize, wow, after we've gotten more clarity on what it is that I need, the second question is, can that be fulfilled in this relationship? And sometimes it's a yes and sometimes it's a no. And once we get clear on that, then we can make the decision, do we keep putting energy, effort, time into building this relationship. Now, what I've also found is that most of the time, you can reconcile a long-standing relationship to bring in more dynamism, more passion, more sex, more love, all of that. But you have to start to become really clear on what are those specific items for each person. And then from that place, then you start to go into tools and you start to figure out, okay, what are some of the communication tools that we use? You know, what are some of the little exercises that we can do? What are some of the little honeymoons? And, and what are some of the little things that we can incorporate into our relationship that can really strengthen that? But it all starts with the decision A of do we want to put more time, effort, and energy into it, right? And that's a really, that that's kind of a prequel question of, hey, do I have enough energy and time and, and motivation to actually move into this? Because what I've also found is when you take relationships that have been in kind of a flow in a certain direction for so long. And, I'm t and right now I'm, I'm more speaking about long-term relationships. What happens is we start to become a little bit jaded. Uh, we start to almost kind of churn off certain parts of our communication where we have just been going through a kind of non-healthy dynamic in maybe this area or this area with our partner. And all of a sudden we just kind of like shut off. And every once in a while I'll get a couple where him or her is all gun ho and the other person is like, I'm just kind of going through the motions and they've already checked out. So you also have to make the decision, do I even want to continue in this relationship? And then from there, that starts to open up the possibility of creating new tools and then um, going down a path to where you can actually start to, to strengthen that relationship. But it all stems from what is it that is making me most fulfilled in a relationship. And once you get to that point, then you start to figure out, can being in a relationship with this person serve that for me? And recognizing that this person is not responsible for my happiness. Now they're responsible for treating me with dignity and respect and showing up in a way that's giving 110% as long as I'm stepping into that path 
in the same kind of light. So I think it all starts from from that question of, you know, how do I proceed and getting clarity on on what that is beforehand. Yeah, I think going deeper into, I like how you said that, like what makes me fulfilled. I think something I, I admire about your and Michelle's relationship is that you take a lot of time, both solo, to honor your own, like what your soul needs. And I feel like you're both, and I know you've, you know, we've had multiple conversations where you're, you're like, hey, what what's going to make me the best possible man I can be to show up for my woman? And having that open line of communication and the support to do that, um, again, I think it falls back into that. I know for me personally, sometimes I've struggled with, hey, I feel like I need to go do this. And then feeling the fear of like, oh, is my partner going to be okay if I take off for a month and go travel solo or whatever that part of my soul is calling something mm-hmm. and being able to have that communication. Um, and sometimes it's it, it, it can be bumpy. Um around that. And, but I think, you know, kind of going a little bit deeper into that, you know, maybe what are some tools on what you've been able to implement on getting clarity on fulfillment? And then how do you communicate that in a way that is, I know you've given me some great advice, but maybe for anybody else that's listening, that maybe is in a relationship and going, man, I really need to do these three things for myself to fulfill myself. And I'm having a tough time communicating that to my partner. Uh, I know, you know, what's a way that somebody can communicate that in a way that supports their partner and also lets them know like, Hey, here's what ultimately fulfills me. And here's what I have to do for my soul. Yeah, that's a really good one. So I think it all stems from the very beginning. And what we talked about earlier is getting clarity. And then from that clarity is making the decision to say, here's what I'll stand for. And here's what I won't stand for in a relationship. And that's a decision in itself. Right. So one of the decisions that I personally made early on is I got really clear on what are the key fundamentals that I actually need in a relationship. And one of those is my woman, my queen, the woman that is going to be sharing an intimate space in my life is going to have the same type of passion for personal growth, for their own evolution. And another one is they have to take accountability for their own actions. So that kind of takes away this whole scapegoating aspect of blaming, right? Like, I'm not happy because you did this. And so when you start to get crystal clear on you know some of those fundamentals, then you can make a decision that the relationship that you call into your life, that I am deciding to take these items for granted. I am deciding to make sure that these are an absolute must in my life. And I think part of that process is some of the tools that you can use in your relationship is when there's something that you need in a relationship, right? Whether it's, you know, I I deal with a lot of obviously men and women, masculine, feminine dynamics in in relationships. And what I see a lot is, is the women, not always, but a lot of times they need more communication where a lot of men, they, when things get heated, they need space, right? They need time to cool off. They need time to kind of absorb. And that's just kind of our pattern. And a lot of times us as masculine men and women as beautiful feminine beings, they don't quite understand 
especially in the moment when there's a lot of emotions and there's a lot of energy going around, they don't necessarily understand the contrast to that. And so, you know, a really good tool is while I'm a little bit frustrated and why I'm a little bit heated, here's what I need. And I just want to let you know that it's not necessarily because I'm trying to tune you out, but here's what I need. And when you take it away from them and they're doing this to you or they're doing this and this doesn't work in your world, you want to flip it around to yourself and take responsibility for that. So if you need more space, you don't want to say, I need you to leave the room or I need you to stop talking or whatever that may be, but relay that in a way that says, hey, in order for me to show up more fully in this relationship, in this conversation and in this argument, here's some of the things that I need. I need some time to to kind of cool off so I can kind of come back in a more rational manner. And at the same token, you can ask them, okay, what it is that you need? And a lot of times there's a, there's a stark contrast. And what I always recommend to couples is do this in more of a calm setting when you're kind of not in the heat of the moment, not in an argument, not something that's emotionally charged, and have that conversation. Hey, this is typically how I operate, and this is typically what I need. So know that it's not personal. This is what I need. And, you know, sometimes there are contrasts, but... What I have noticed is when you're relating that type of information to your significant other, to the person that you're with, they're a little bit more understanding, even in the even in the heat of the moment, they're a little bit more understanding, even though if that doesn't quite gel with the way that they operate. And so relaying that from a personal standpoint of like, here's what I need, here's some of the things that that you could do to help me that helps me show up more fully in the relationship, that helps me serve you more in the relationship. And always with the constant reminder of, look, I am fully committed to this relationship. I want to see this keep expanding and I am fully committed to it. But you know, we're all human and we all kind of go through our trials and tribulations. And here's some of the things that will help me do that more. And I know that when my woman says that to me and, and Michelle comes up to me and says, hey, here's some of the things that I need because I really want to flourish in this relationship. Even if it's not something that hasn't been part of my, my paradigm to say, hey, when we're in the heat of the moment, we stop and we talk about our feelings or we stop and we do this one thing that if I know that, wow, this is what she needs, I'm, I'm more apt to give it to her. Yeah, I really like I really like that because essentially what you're saying is having the courage to communicate in advance like and I I think especially as men, sometimes we don't always, at least I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I don't always realize what I need or, or, you know, it doesn't come up until I'm like, wow, this is how I need it. Instead of thinking through ahead of time to go, okay, what's been my pattern? Okay. This is what I tend to do. So when I'm not charged, let me have that conversation say, Hey, here's what I need so I can show up more fully for you. So it's in a place of service. And then what, what can I do to serve you so you can show up more fully for me? So we're both doing it to support each other. And I liked how you said it. It may be some compromise where it's like, okay, I'm going to need some space. But, but then the woman or the partner says, yeah, but if you just walk away, I feel hurt. And like you just left. So I need you to, to be there, (laughs) right. To talk through this, but you know what, let's, let's compromise. I'll give you a little bit of space and I know that you're going to go get clarity, but I need, uh, I need us to talk about it within this much time or finding out a way so that you guys can communicate in a way that's serving both people. 
um, and both compromising a little bit in order for that to happen. But I think it, it, it again, it comes down to having the courage to look inside and say, okay, what what's going on here and how do I communicate this more fully um, and say no to some things or say yes to something. So maybe saying, um, I know for me personally, sometimes in, in dynamic, I, I wouldn't communicate my feelings. So I wasn't saying no to, oh, I need space. I'm going to go take it. And I would give in. Um, and because I would give in, I would blow up because I, I wasn't creating the space to what I needed to say, no, you know what? No, I, I got to go take a little bit of space right now, cool off, clear my head, get clear, get clear on what I need and how I can show up and then come back in a more loving space. And by not creating that space and saying no to that moment, um, you know, it would end up in blowing up or something would, would come of it. So I feel like that. And I think this kind of leads, you know, from, uh, started around more business and how this shows up in saying yes or no and making decisions in business, you know, move to like relationships and how this shows up. I think also, you know, internally, uh, our own decision-making process and how we say yes or no and how we're showing up anything from, I guess, towards a relationship, you know, do you say when you're going to dinner, you, you mentioned masculine feminine earlier, you know, do you just decide and say, we're going to do this? Or do you live in the land of maybe, I don't know, what do you want? <laughs> you know, I don't know what sounds good tonight. Or do we just say, Hey, I'm going to decide, I'm going to go, we're going to go here at this time. We're going to have this, this to eat. Um, and this is how it's going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think on the masculine side, really stepping into the land of dis decisions is deciding yes or no internally for ourselves. Like again, what you said, getting crystal clear what we want, then deciding, making the decision for ourselves and making the best choice at that time. And that clear line, it's almost like I get this visual of making a clear decision builds strength. It builds power uh, in either the yes or the no. You know, yeah. it's a, it's that yes of like, this is what I'm doing and I'm committed for, for now to make this decision. And it's that clear line. We can, that emotional energy around it, the thoughts, the, the draining power of the back and forth fades because we've made a clear decision or the no. And the challenge that goes with that no sometimes um, can be uncomfortable, but it's sometimes what we need most is to say, you know mm -hmm. what? No, this is, I know just recently I just did this for myself. I made, uh, I, uh, you know, 90 day goals. Um, and just to make massive momentum in four areas of my life. And one of the clear ones is like, you know what? I, I need to follow a budget. I'm, I've tend, I tend to make a lot and I tend to spend a lot and it's been an, an unhealthy pattern for me. And I'm looking at it going, you know what? I need to truly commit to saying no. So again, it's using the, it's saying yes to a budget <laughs> and it's saying no to these things that mm -hmm. haven't been serving me around a budget. So I'm yeah. having to use both, but find a clear line to say, okay, um, this is how I'm going to use this personally to make a decision of what I want and what I'm willing to do to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I find that, um, you know, how do you, how do you use these uh, internal decisions to say yes or no when something comes up for you? It, it's so interesting how the, the, the correlation and the ties of yes and no kind of are, are a lot of times they're, they're interwoven with each other, right? You said yes to a budget, but what that also meant was you got to say no to the big ticket items and you got to say no to the items that are shiny and, you know, within reach. And I have to say that this has been one of the biggest struggles that I have, you know, and I, I, I still go through it. I've, I've definitely gotten a lot better at it, but I have noticed how difficult this was. And I would sit for a long time in the, contemplation of the perfect answer the contemplation of well 
if it didn't go this way, should I go here? Or if I make this decision, it could go this way. And there's a difference between deciding what type of coffee to get at Starbucks than there is about what house to buy. Obviously, there's gonna be a bigger decision process for more high-level things, but you have to be really decisive and you have to start to get a little bit more clear on how do you make a decision, move forward, and then pivot when you get that, that feedback. There was this really interesting study on leaders and they took leaders through throughout history back through war heroes to sports leaders to coaches, you name it, and they were looking through threads. One of those threads was they're decisive. They make a decision even though they don't know the clear answer. The hardest thing to do is when you have a decent size question you need to answer, should I take this job? Or should I take this job? Should I move here? Should I move here? Should I go to this event or this event? And there's no clear-cut winner. You, know, you can sit all day long and throw a line down the middle of a page and put pros and cons for each one. But when you don't have a clear one, that's where I personally have had the hardest time making a decision. I'm like, well, fuck. This looks really good, but then this looks really good. And if I don't go here, then I won't get this. But if I go here and what they have found with leaders is through these interviews with a lot of these current leaders is that they ask them, wow, you took these men into battle. How did you know that was the correct decisions? And a lot of times what they say is, I didn't know. I didn't know if this was the best decision for my men. I took some time. I contemplated it, I got as much resources as I could, but I made a decision as fast as I possibly could. And that's one of the criterias that I'm always looking to move my troops into is I might not make the best decision always, but if I can make it faster and if I can make it sooner, I'm gonna get more feedback on whether we are going in the right direction. And if it wasn't the quote unquote right decision, I'll get that feedback faster so I can pivot and start to move in the direction that I want to go even faster. So kind of creating that muscle to become more decisive. Again, this is kind of an ongoing muscle that you're always training, but when you can learn to say yes or say no a little bit quicker and let go of that guilt, and I think the way to let go a lot of that guilt is creating kind of a neuro association that says, wow, if I make decisions faster, then I can start to get more feedback sooner. So even though I may not know it was the right decision, or even if I find out it was the wrong decision, and you know, sometimes you get that kind of like anxiety or that like, oh, that angst of, oof, that wasn't a really good decision. There's a part of you that's actually fulfilling that says, well, you know, I did do something that I told myself I would do is making the decision even faster. And that kind of put me in the direction to where I want to go. And ultimately, I'm going to be better off sooner because of that. Yeah, you know, that's a really, really good point that you bring up. I, uh, when I was starting uh, Business Rockstars, which is an entrepreneur network, I went and found some of the most successful entrepreneurs I could find. Um, you know, they were running hedge funds or, you know, venture capital funds, or they were high up in money or just serial entrepreneurs that were high growth. And I would go ask them questions. And one of the questions I would ask them all is, what's your biggest challenge? 
Um, and the, the common thing I saw amongst all of them, which I thought was really interesting, was they said finding good people that can make good decisions. And they said there's this interesting balance between some people make them so fast that they're kind of a little bit reckless because they don't take enough time to really like think through it. And then other people think so long they get analysis by paralysis and they don't actually do anything because they're waiting too long and they kind of miss the windows where they need to move forward. So they said, really, it's that right, that person that knows how to go inside, feel out, think through, okay, here's my decisions. Here's the, let me think of the logical choice and let me make a decision and go. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that from a macro level, from the business world of leadership, I look at it all the way down to, you know, making decisions in relationships. I know personally, I'd say I used to be a lot more in my feminine and I used to be a lot more in the land of maybe where I would look at it like, well, I don't really care where I go. I would say, okay, I'm looking at where to go. Uh, maybe I was on a date with either a girlfriend I had or taking a new girl out. And I remember, I remember there was a, uh, an actual moment when I got this clarity. I remember thinking through it going, if I really don't care, because I'd been asking, I'd been saying, hey, where do you want to go? You know, And I remember I was like, if I really don't care, then it doesn't matter what decision I make. Like, really, if I don't care, then just decide. And it's like, you know, everything started to change when I would say, OK, what do I feel like eating? I think I think sometimes as as men, we are wanting to serve our woman or the woman that's that's with us. And we're wanting to create the perfect experience so that we can feel like kings, like, oh, I succeeded. So in that quest to do that, sometimes we're saying, well, what do you want? And we're wanting to go create it. What we fail to realize is women have so many things going through their minds wow. Um, around it that it almost puts them, it forces them to be in their masculine. So a really helpful thing that I found is if I really didn't care, just deciding, okay, do I want something healthy? What's going to serve us both? Let me think through what she likes, what yep. I know about her so far, what I know about me, and then make mm -hmm. those decisions. Um, and then I like how you put it even in your own life, like really sitting there and saying, okay, what's my ultimate vision? And how do I just start to make these decisions? And I did it the other day, even with the car, I was going back and forth in my mind um, and I started to realize how much emotional energy I was spending and that it was actually taking my power because I was spending so much time researching and going back and forth and all this stuff. And finally I said, make a decision, decide what you're going to do and just find the way to make that up. Um, and what I'll generate versus that energy. So mm -hmm. I think, I think a, a good internal process is one, if, if I don't know, um, how do I spend just enough time to look at the logical options to lay them out and then decide, you know, I think it's, Sometimes we get that gut feeling and we just jump and there's something to trusting that. Yeah. And then there's other decisions where it's a little bit tricky and it brings up a little bit more emotion. And with that other emotion and that kind of like you described about that little bit more of that, uh, that stalling process, which can take a little bit of time, um, writing it all down, writing. I know for me, writing down the options, getting it out of my head and like writing it all out to say, okay, plan A, B, C, and D pros and cons, um, you know, of these decisions and how are these all going to serve? And okay, here's the best choice. And let me just make that next, that next, take that next step, mm -hmm. that next decision. Yeah. If there is one, there is definitely one theme that comes up a lot in the masculine dynamics, the masculine feminine dynamics of relationships. It's that women are craving men, um, at least feminine women. Not all women are completely feminine. You know, we have kind of a hybrid of both, but we, kind of have a dominant side to us. But one of the things that, that women are craving is decisiveness. And having a man that's decisive is, at least the feedback that I have gotten, is one of the most attractive things. And, you know, doing the whole restaurant example that you just brought up earlier, 
getting a little bit more in tune about, is it this restaurant or is it this restaurant? I can tell you this, if you're more decisive and just take action on a restaurant that may not be as aligned with her taste or where she wants to go or the environment that she's looking to to be in for the night, as opposed to her going to a restaurant that she likes that's a little bit more aligned with what she wants, but just making a decision and going to a restaurant that may not be as aligned for what she's looking for at that moment, but the fact that you're just making that decision, you're leading that decision and saying like, look, we're going to go here, take my hand and let's go have an amazing time. Obviously, while still getting input, what that does is that just lets them release into their feminine and move forward into that night. And what I found is they have a lot more kind of enjoyment and satisfaction in that kind of relationship. And one thing that I've really had to learn as a masculine man, especially in relationships, is how do I make more decisions for the relationship, right? All with the context of feedback from my woman, but how do I make decisions? How do I lead? And how do I just, like you said, have enough information to move forward and to make the decision and then you know, kind of carry off on it. Yeah, and I think that also it's something to note is sometimes, sometimes we're going to get challenged uh, on the masculine side. Sometimes you're going to make a decision and it's going to get challenged. And again, what I've done wrong, I'd say it's a learning process. But in the past, I didn't stand up for that voice inside of me that was clear on the decision. In in wanting to serve, I would kind of let down my what I felt inside to try to please another. And one thing I have learned is, is a strong, powerful woman. Sometimes we end up failing the test, if you will, because we didn't stand behind what we felt inside. So mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes we're going to say, this is where we're going. This is what I'm doing, or this is how I feel. And they're going to disagree. And it's not for us to crumble in the disagreement. It's not for it's us for us to stand the ground and say, okay, well, we have different pers- perspectives here. Is there a way that we can move towards understanding each other? Again, coming back to like, I need this to be fulfilled. Um, personally, sometimes in the the sexual, I'm thinking about an experience where I'm uh, I have this sexual side to me, and something that I was craving, the partner that I was with wasn't into those type of things. And I remember her saying, "Well, this is not this is not where I'm okay with." And I'm saying, "Well, this is what I am." And instead of me saying, "Well, you know what, this is really important to me," um, let's see if there's a way we can you know create some space to to explore this. Instead, I I just said, "Okay, no, well, I'll just cut this off for me." And what I found is it, it created uh, parts of myself that didn't feel fulfilled and it created distance. Right. And I started moving away instead of just saying like, no, this is really important to me. Um, if we're not aligned here, I totally support you. But I think in that holding that ground and that leadership within myself, it would have positioned me in a much better place um, to be in my masculinity, to hold that leadership position down. And I think sometimes on the feminine, it's opening. I'll also say on the flip side, from a, a masculine perspective, um, I've, I've seen it be really powerful, I think, for a woman um, to make a decision to be in her feminine, um, especially really strong women. Sometimes they want to override the masculine. They're so used to leading um, and that somebody will say, OK, I'm going to step into my masculine and then they it's hard sometimes for them to surrender into it. So I think making a decision, you know what, I'm going to let go. I'm going to trust to let go. Um, and that balance I find works really well. 
um, of the man leading and choosing to decide and the woman choosing to surrender and be in the feminine versus try to override. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Where I found the fault in that is when one person's a little bit kind of unclear about that, where it's like, okay, I want to lead and I, I want to be more decisive. And the woman's like, okay, cool. I want to surrender into that. And I want to allow you. But when you're not fully surrendering, when you know you kind of do it, where it's like, yeah, I want to, but I'm not giving you the space to step into that, or I'm not allowing you to do that. Or when the guy wants to decide, but then you know gets a little bit wishy-washy, what ends up happening, just like you said, we start to test our partners. Because ultimately, we want to make sure that they can fulfill that role. Because when you're with a powerful man, or when you're with a very strong woman, they are going to kind of take that role themselves because they can, but it's not necessarily their, their natural state that's going to give them the most fulfillment. And, you know, I was thinking about your, your situation where it's like, okay, here's what I need communication wise. Here's what I need sexually and being very clear about that and, you know, being able to express that and then deciding, you know, this all goes back to the decision if they're not at a place, as long as you can communicate it in a respectful and conscious manner, if they can or cannot apply those uh, parameters for you, then you have to decide, is this the relationship for you? Or do I shift the relationship in an intimate to a non-intimate or whatever it may happen to be? But you know, those are some of the very difficult decisions we have to make when you also have to decide how important is it? You know, um, there's so many things that I love about Michelle. I also love a, a woman that cooks. That's not her. <laughs> she doesn't cook. She has so many beautiful attributes about her, but cooking isn't one of them. And I had to decide, is cooking like a must for me? Do I, do I just love that in a woman? And is that a must? And it wasn't. It was a nice to have, but it wasn't. And so I was very clear about that. So I decided it's like, okay, that's not a big deal. And I actually took on a lot of that role because I actually love to cook. I still love it when my woman cooks for me. But having to, to find out, hey, when I'm having a really hard day, I want to be consoled by my woman. I want her to be there and I want her to ask a lot of questions. And you know, if I'm feeling really off, I want her to make time for me. That's an absolute must. So I had to decide that my partner is going to have those kind of those kind of traits. Yeah, you know, that's a really good topic. I think this all boils down to, again, on our, our overall theme of fulfillment. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does it truly mean? And it takes a lot of introspection. It takes a lot of going deep down inside and saying, okay, here's what I'm clear with. And we do live in a place where there isn't perfection. You know, there's, we as humans, we naturally have our quote unquote flaws or our imperfections. And it's learning to love our, our own imperfections and learning to support and love another partner's perfection and perfections and finding out, okay, what do I need to feel ultimately fulfilled? I think is what this all boils back down to. So in a relationship, what are my ultimate desires and how do I get really clear and embrace those and, and know that I can communicate those? I, uh, you know, how do I get crystal clear on my purpose? What is my work here to do? And, and there is some distinction. Sometimes it's, um, you know, with men, it's, Hey, I'm going to grow a business here because this supplies me to do my passions and even though it's a little uncomfortable, I'm going to push through that because this is this ultimately serves me of having a business and doing my passions. Other times it's like, no, I need to dedicate 100% of my time to doing my purpose work. Right. And there's there's some getting clarity in what that fulfillment looks like. I think the same thing 
in in relationships. You know, how do what do I ultimately desire? How do I need to show up? And then ultimately for our life, like what do I need to do? Even I look at like the you know taking care of our health and physical fitness and making some some decisions when it comes down to saying no to certain foods or no to certain habits that aren't serving us or saying yes to a new plan. I know there's a, uh, I love a quote that says, um, you know, it's, it's the, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret we get to choose. And, and really sometimes when you choose a new plan uh, or a new objective or a new outcome or a new target, or you're here and you say, this is what's ultimately going to fulfill me. I'm going to need to jump all the way over to here. And there's a gap. And in order to make that gap, there, there are these little decisions every day that we have to make to choose to say yes towards that. But it's interesting, like you said earlier, sometimes those yes decisions are no to everything else. So in navigating it, I think the ultimate is getting clarity and having that absolute clarity on this is where I want to go and this is what's going to make me fulfilled. And then checking in along the way. If I, I've known there's been a bunch of times where I thought something would bring me fulfillment and I start to make progress towards that. And then along the way, I, I have to check in and say, okay, something's a little off. Is it that I'm uncomfortable? Is it that my fears and limitations? I'll, I'll give you a, a personal example. More recently, a lot of my, my purpose work is helping around grief and loss. And it's been a 10-year process of working towards moving into this. I know it's my life's work. And I have more recently discovered like, wow, okay, I start to move in that direction. And then it's like stuff comes up around it. And my default was to get busy. And to go do all this other stuff to figure out how to make money to fund it. And I've had to uh, learn to sit with that and to go more deeply into like feel into that and go, okay, is this a limiting belief from my past? Is this fear? Is this, you know, I'm really competent in these other areas. This new area that I, I feel is my, is my purpose work. I know it. Um, I'm not as competent yet. And so I finally connected with like, oh, okay, I need to get comfortable failing again and making decisions and taking little steps forward to say yes to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I need to have the strength to not just say yes or no, which I've done in the past. I kind of jump from one extreme to the other extreme and learning, okay, I'm going to continue to do these things, but I'm going to create more for me to feel fulfilled. Now it's how do I create more space so I can spend 80% of my time building in these areas and have the capacity to make those failures while 20% of my time is feeling it. So again, I had to get clear on what I wanted and now I have to move towards that direction so I find that um, for you, when, when you're uh, looking at your life, you're assessing what's going to bring your fulfillment. Do you have a process that you do? Is it a daily process? Is it a quarterly, monthly, yearly? Like, or is it just ongoing when something comes up? Do you sit with it, feel into it, and then make a decision? It's a little bit of a hybrid of both for me. What I've noticed is that for me to get clear on those things, I actually have to take time to do that. And, and sometimes that comes organically where it just starts to show up uh, either in my business or my personal life where I just feel like, well, I got to take some time to, to really sit with this and to really get clarity. Because I think without getting clear on what it is that is really making you fulfilled, what are the fundamentals of what is it that is really going to drive you to the next level in your fulfillment it's sometimes hard to make really conscious, clear decisions. And yeah, it's a little bit of a hybrid for both for me. You know, part of it is, you know, some of the conversations I have with you and some of my other friends and having kind of worked on this for the last few years and being a little bit more selective on the people that I surround myself with. I'm blessed enough that 
those kind of conversations kind of come up organically. Yet at the same token, I always make time to... Now, I'm not a constant meditator. You know, meditation is something that I wish I actually did a little bit more as, as well as journaling, but it is something that is a part of my life, but I don't do it on a regular basis. I kind of do it when I'm, when I'm a little bit more inspired. So I try to take those times in different areas. Now, if I'm stressed out or there's something big and pulling me, then I'll make conscious time for that. And then the other times is I'll, it's just through conversations or, you know, something as simple as me working out at the gym where I'm just reflecting on a topic or so to get more of that clarity. But the one thing I do have to say is that it is critically important that we do take some of this time for ourselves to allow our kind of our inner voice to come forward, our subconscious to kind of come to the conscious to help us get a little bit more clear. And there's so often that people kind of go through the same kind of motions and it's really easy to get busy. It's real easy to jump on social media. It's real easy to turn on the TV. It's real easy to turn on YouTube and get sidetracked and continue to keep moving in the same direction that you've been moving. And look, we are constant beings that are constantly growing, right? You're either growing or you're dying. And so the things that are going to be the most fulfilling to us are changing and taking time to figure out what are the people, places, things that are going to support me in moving into those directions is really critical. So, you know, taking the time to journal, taking the time for yourself. You know, one of the things that me and Michelle always do is we're really big into supporting each other about taking personal time, right? Whether that's taking, you know, a lunch by themselves or they just need an evening to themselves or we try to encourage weekends at least once or twice a year i go camping by myself and you know she'll either go visit you know a loved one where she's spending a lot of time by herself or she'll just get a hotel somewhere and she'll just read and that's her idea of of recharging you know whatever it is for you that allows you to take a little bit of time to unplug and detach from the regular world to think about your higher self, right? This is where, you know, spending time at a seminar, this is where hiring a coach or a counselor just to take a few minutes a week or a few minutes a month just to really focus on what it is. What is it that I'm really looking to move into? You know, that's probably one of the the broadest aspects of my practice is whether it's business or leadership or growth or anything, spirituality, what is it that is more making you the most fulfilled? Getting that clarity and figuring out tools and paths and support structures in order for you to do that. You know, for me, you know, one of the biggest decisions that I've had to make, and I'll kind of tell the story before we wrap up here, is I went through a huge transformation right around the age of 30, like 29, 30. And, you know, a lot of people will call this your, your Saturn return. And what happens is there is a hormone that gets released near your pituitary gland right between, you know, the ages of 29 to 32. And what this is, is it's kind of a flight or flight hormone. And for a lot of people, it's this feeling of, wow, there's something more. And in my case, there was this pull 
And it was this kind of excitement mixed with this anxiety of there's something deeper, there's something more, there's something more expansive that you need to be looking into, that you need to possibly be stepping into. And at that time, I was DJing a lot. I had a really great career. I was working in corporate. I was one of the youngest sales reps to go on the the big club trip. So on the surface, everything was really great. And actually, I was very happy with my life. But what I was missing was the spirituality part. I'd grown up Christian and been around the Christian faith, but I there was just something about the religious aspect of what I was exposed to that just didn't feel aligned for me. And so I kind of wrapped spirituality and religion all in the same context. And I just kind of put it to the side and, you know, I'm an atheist, I'm agnostic. I'm just, that's just not for me. And right around 2930, there was this call of there's something bigger. And long story short, I had had this amazing life that I had kind of built up. But what I had realized was these were my really good friends and what I would actually consider family. But the realization that I had was these these people aren't necessarily going where I'm going. And even though I loved them and they were amazing people, I had to make a choice. And it was a really hard decision that I had to make. And what that decision was, was I only have so much time and I only have so much space for conversations that I had to be very choosy and very conscious about what I bring into my life. And so that was a really interesting transition time where I had to let go. And I I wasn't even sure about the direction I wanted to go. I had an idea. I know what it felt like. I know kind of the conversations I wanted, but I didn't know where those were. What I did know was where I was at the time, I wasn't getting that. And so shifting some of those relationships was really difficult. You know, I got the feedback of, don't you love us anymore? How come you're not showing up? We don't see you a lot. And I have to say that was that was really tough. But there was something inside of me that knew, because I'd sat with this for a little bit, that knew that there was something more. And when I started to open up space and I allowed more space to come in, all of a sudden I started shifting into a different dynamic. I started bringing in people. The, the intimate relationships that started showing up were dramatically different. And I just could not get enough. And the people and the seminars and the books and all these other things, the the DJ gigs that I were spinning, you know, they went from late night clubs to festivals, which were at least more fulfilling at at the time. And it's not to say that when I was spinning clubs, I didn't enjoy it. I absolutely loved it, you know, loved the late nights, loved the after parties, but it wasn't as fulfilling to me at that stage of my life because things had shifted. So with me making that decision, and that wasn't a split moment decision. That was an ongoing process that I had to do. And it it probably took about a year, maybe a little over a year. But through that, it, it opened up experiences and possibilities that were just so satisfying. And you know, you're you're a direct result, Josh, of of that decision because the people that I brought into my life allowed me to start having conversations like the conversations that we're actually having now. And you know, what I have known during that kind of time period, you know, between 29 and 30, quote unquote, the Saturn return, whatever you want to call it, is I have also known other people and other 
you know, I'll use men as, as an example, other men that have been in that situation that were part of my old friends. And I know for a fact that they've gone through some of that uh, internal questioning themselves. But at that point, they've already had a decent job. You know, they're, they're, they're making almost 200000 a year. They've got a wife and they've got kids and they've got a mortgage. And the thought of unraveling that was so fearful and so overwhelming that what ends up happening for a lot of people is they end up pushing that down because it's just too much to look at. And I get it. It's a very, very hard decision. You know, I had to break up with my girlfriend at the time. I had to, you know, give up the house that I bought. I quit my job and started my own business. Like there was a lot of life shifts. But once you start to build that muscle of making decisions, it just, it really starts to free you. And when you start to become what I call this conduit of spirituality and you start to be led instead of pushing, that's when the magic starts to happen and things really start to start to rock and roll. And, you know, that was a really pivotal point. And so I can, I know for a fact that there are probably some listeners that are listening to this podcast right now that are in that question. There's no doubt about it. And it may not be as dramatic as the shift that I went to, but I can tell you, I have a few clients that are in that question that are, that's just as big that feel into that and don't be afraid to, to make a decision because even if you feel like you make the wrong decision, you'll get that feedback even faster. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think another thing that comes up, and thank, thanks for sharing that. I think a lot of people can relate. I know I can relate. I've gone through similar experiences. I think one thing that's also been really helpful for me is telling the truth and having a safe place to tell the truth where you're not judged. And sometimes we harbor these feelings beneath the surface or whatever it may be. And if there's not a safe place to vent or to like go to like, hey, this is what's coming up for me, whether it be a close, some friends that can really, one, hold you accountable, but two, challenge your beliefs. Because um, sometimes it's about challenging the story. Sometimes it's about empathizing with you and being there, being there with you um, for just some tough, tough decisions. But whether it's a, a friend, a network, a coach, um, however you find a way to do it, but get to the truth, I find, or a journal, you know, get to the truth of what your actual feelings are. And then explore those feelings because, you know, I found just for me, like getting to the truth of it and talking through it, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll share them with, with friends or my coach because I, I coach as well, even though in addition to coaching, I also have my coach. And so, you know, getting challenged with some of my beliefs is really helpful because sometimes they're, they're not standing on anything or sometimes it's, it's fear. Um, it's not an actual belief or it's not an actual fulfillment desire. It's actually fear. And other times it is true, like, wow, okay, this is what I'm desiring. And I need to, just like you mentioned, make that, make some tough decisions to open up my life and create some space for what I truly want. Um, and other times I feel like we're on the path of what we want and fear is getting in the way and, and it's, it's trying to sabotage. So having a safe place where you can be vulnerable and, and communicate and release that as you get clearer and clearer on what is that voice inside. Um, and sometimes just having that safe space helps us validate what the story is and where the truths are and what fears are. So we start to know, okay, wow. Okay. When this voice comes in, this is truth. Yeah. When, this, when I feel this, this is truth. And these other sides, these are the fear. This is what's coming through. So we can start to distinguish what, what to listen to, um, and knowing which one, which one, which is. Yeah, absolutely. And so for anybody listening, look, we all have, decisions and questions about which way to move into our lives. 
at all times. Sometimes they're big and, and, and sometimes they're small. But uh, if any of you guys out there have any questions that you are personally going through and would love some feedback, would love some support, feel free to reach out to us either on the Facebook page or directly at podcast at masteringfulfillment.com. Feel free to share your story. We are more than happy to support as best we could to people in our community, but we, we definitely encourage you to use those channels. Wonderful. Beautiful. So hopefully, hopefully this has helped you guys out. I know this is on the quest for fulfillment. Making decisions is super powerful and being able to step in it and decide is a daily process we're implementing. So wanted to, to go deeper in this conversation and look forward to connecting with you very soon. Thank you so much. And want to thank everyone else out there and we'll see you on the next show.